0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Dive Into Died. I'm with the star of the show, Lucas Schmidt. How's it going, man? Good. I'm excited about today.
1: Yeah, it's an ugly day.
0: It's an ugly day, and it's a a part two episode.
1: Part two, sequel.
0: Part two episode, and our part one was on... The good side of yeah. oils, good, bad, and
1: the ugly. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and this is the bad.
1: This is the bad and the ugly,
0: and the ugly of oils
1: of oils and fats. Yeah, generally oil. oil yeah, oils. We'll say oils.
0: Well, let's 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 explain what that is. So we're talking about oils mm-hmm. in particular. Yeah, and we're talking about the dark side.
1: Yeah. So last time we talked mostly like olive oil, extra I mean, virgin, a few olive. other ones. Yeah, yeah, but that was sort of the winner, and uh, so this is going to be a little contested. I, this is. A, Sort of influenced by personal bias, but it's, it, okay. which is based on research that I've read and just um, different accounts and, and different trends in nutrition. But the the bad category we have bad and ugly. Okay, now the ugly one I don't think is going to be controversial. I think most nutritional folks or advocates would agree on what I've placed in the bad category. <laughs> so uh, it's just not great. But the the bad oils that I avoid um, would be seed oils. Okay. Um, mostly seed oils and uh, things like, so t- to list, the, I'll just list them and just be faster. Uh, canola oil, vegetable oil, which is soybean oil. It's the same thing. Soybean oil, um, cottonseed, seed. Grape seed um, these oils that you see, com- most commonly it's vegetable and canola. Those are the most, canola, those are the most common oils that are cooked with or called for in recipes, particularly baking recipes, if you're not using butter. Um, I'm not saying make your bread with or make your like pumpkin bread with olive oil because um, we talked about don't cook with olive oil. Yeah. Um, but those are oils, and the reason I did, I'm skeptical of them, okay, because some somebody out there might go, but canola oil it says heart healthy on the front, it says heart healthy, and you know what? S-s-s- some doctors would agree with you, but some would say absolutely not. I would say the reason I just avoid them is. They're not well-researched, okay? Again, the data you're gonna get about most of these oils is epidemiological, which is large-scale, survey-based. That means they call somebody on the phone or they, they fill out a questionnaire and you're relying on 30,000 people's personal accounts of their day or their <laughs> week or their month. I mean, if I asked you what you ate last week for dinner on Tuesday, how long would it take you to come up with that answer? You get my point. I get it, yeah. So it's like, it's not great research. There might be a few intervention studies out there, but there's not many, if any. So, and the seed oils were developed originally, I think, as a lubricant for machinery, because they were cheap and easy to, once they figured out the process, and they're highly processed. Some of them are treated with chemicals um, to, to extract them or to purify them. They're crushing up these tiny seed. Corn oil is another one, right? Just anytime it's a seed or um, it's not commonly occurring, like olive oil, you just crush the olives and out comes the oil. That's how they get olive oil. They cold press them. They just crush the olives. Um, some nut oils are are they're fatty naturally, so the oil is practically oozing out of them, right? That's a low processed oil. But seed oils and grain oils, like um, we. Um, rice brown rice oil mm. you've seen that and you're like i didn't even know there was oil in these things <laughs> what you eat rice there's no fat in rice it's like where the heck's that oil coming from <laughs> like this is a highly processed um, procedure it's just it's just and um if now i just said how i don't care for epidemiological research and the reason i don't is because you could get you could structure a study to basically spin any narrative you want okay If you structure the questions the right way, so bias, there's a high, high amount of bias in epidemiological research. That's another reason I'm skeptical of it. Okay. Because you could structure the questionnaire to suggest, like I could suggest that eating salmon means you're likely to be killed by a shark. Why? Because salmon are water creatures and so are sharks. And if I structure the questions a certain way, I could make it look like, you know, you see where I'm going? Like, totally. It's it's highly influenced by bias. I'm not saying all of them are, and that there's this evil cabal of, of you know, like di- companies out there saying let's demonize beef. Ooh. But <laughs> there are some that they want a certain narrative to come out, and so they'll structure these studies to sort of influence that. So, seed oil is not well researched, um, and and there and here's another reason. Typically if you're reaching for seed oils, you're reaching for processed foods because the majority of the unhealthy processed snacks and things that we eat are full of them, full of them because they're cheap.
0: Can can that be found on a nutrition fa- oh, fact yes, for, absolutely. like anything with the, we, we'll the buy. ingredient list? Ingr- so
1: they're going to you're going to see these things in in your ingredient list. So you buy like a a an oatmeal breakfast bar. Chances are it's probably got either uh, Canola oil or cottonseed oil in it. That's probably the fat they used to um, to make it more tasty.
0: <laughs> out of curiosity, is it a fair question to ask when you're out at a restaurant, hey, what type of oil are you guys using? Yeah. Have yes. you ever done that?
1: Um I have, actually. Really? I was I went through a phase where for my stomach I was I was doing an elimination diet to sort of trying I was avoiding dairy. I was was going like a month or two to see what happened if I cut out all, I'm talking all traces of dairy, just in case, because I was having some stomach problems. And yeah, at restaurants, I was like, do you cook your chicken in in oils or butter? What do you cook? Because you don't know. Do you like, do you sear your veggies or saute them in butter, which is dairy, or do you sear them in something else?
0: So at that point, you were wanting it to be in olive oil or something like that
1: anything but dairy at the time was okay. what I because that my my purpose for that was not avoiding the bad oils it was avoiding dairy just to see what happened to me got it and and I'm sure that was an annoying question in fact I never got any pushback from a waiter or waitress but I could tell they didn't know the answer yeah I I don't they don't know and I don't expect them to know like that's the chef's but I asked them to go ask yeah because if somebody has an allergy, they need to be able to know. You have a right. To, you're putting it in your body. You have a right to know. So that's something. That's sort of a side rule I have. Don't apologize at a restaurant for asking questions about what's in your food. You're allowed to do that. You're paying for that food. You're the customer. Like that's, I'm paying money to have this made for me. Yeah. I have a right to know what's in it. And it's not rude of me to ask. And it's none of your business why I'm asking. Like I, so if somebody got, you know, if if you're sitting with somebody and they're trying to eat healthy and they're like, no, I'm not gonna ask. I'm like, well, then if you eat something that you don't like or that screws up your diet, that's on you because you weren't willing to ask. You're it's perfectly reasonable to ask. I Never like apologize for asking what's in your food. That's, I'm I glad like you it. asked that. Yeah. So those are those are things that I'm not. Another reason that I'm skeptical of seed oils is because they are high in omega six. And we've heard omega six, the uh, omega three and omega six sort of is the. They're healthy, and you need omega-6. I'm not here to demonize omega-6. We have to have it. We will die without it. But the Western diet specifically, probably most diets in the world, unless you go to third world countries where they are limited in their access to processed foods, are really high in omega-6. We don't need to be getting more of it. So the the, the ratio is supposed to be, some would say, one-to-one ratio. So you're getting the same amount of omega three as omega six. That's a balanced ratio. We get about twenty to one. Twenty omega six to one omega three. That's the average, which is way imbalanced. And I'm not saying we should all be one to one, but that's sort of the the my just think about that though in comparison. Like we're already getting way too much omega six in our diet. Which, and which is why we supplement with omega three. Uh, yeah. Or we're Could trying degree. to eat omega three foods. Yeah. And um Now, I'm not going to say absolutely omega-6 is the number one culprit for insulin resistance and the rise in heart attacks. Um, But diabetes has definitely increased since we've cut back on saturated fat. Americans eat more vegetables and fruits now than they used to. You wouldn't think that would be the case, but they do, generally. Generally they're more available, they're easier to get now than they used to be. I'm talking early 1900s. Um we we already try to focus on plants, but that includes seed oils and things like that. That doesn't always mean that you're going to be healthier. Interesting. Um and I just I'm skeptical of anything that imbalances your omega profile that much. I'm just skeptical of that. I don't I don't
0: do so you really pay attention to the the omega profile
1: i try to if possible yeah. and i'm still probably getting too much omega-6 it's really hard to avoid and I, and i'm not saying you're going to die if you if you get too much omega-6 i just it's an agreed upon principle that balance is healthy that's an agreed upon generally again in all the spectrums of the of the dietary world it's, Try to aim for some form of balance in your life and in your food. And a twenty to one ratio is not balanced. <laughs> so so there's the bads. Here's the thing. There are always worse ones and the ugly. The ugly, fat, and oil. There's
0: there's worse than what we've just talked about. Correct.
1: Because again, that's a debated topic. That's why I didn't put the the seed oils in the worst category All right, because guys, we're going we're going because dark here. some you know what? Some cardiologists may call me up and they're more qualified than I am to talk about and they may say here's why. And now I would say, can you give me some intervention studies to back that up? And if they can't, then we can talk about it further. But there are studies to confirm that these that Crisco and hydrogenated oils and trans fats are in fact ugly and terrible. <laughs> Crisco was created in the early 1900s um, and when they discovered how to hydrogenate oil. What does that mean, hydrogenate oil? That means, essentially, I'm going to break it down in layman's terms here, make it solid at room temperature. That's my understanding of hydrogenation. You add hydrogen, hydrogen particle to the, to whatever the molecule is, and it makes it shelf-stable or stable at room temperature.
0: When you say Crisco, mm-hmm. is that
1: PAM? Like the spray? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm sure there's a mix in there. PAM, I think, is a mixture of different oils and fats. Okay. Crisco originally came from cottonseed oil. It's okay. Originally from cottonseed oil. Now... So it's originally from something bad. It's from something sketchy. Right. Ske- highly processed. Highly processed. Um, Crisco is... I'm sure Crisco... Because Crisco company's still around. I mean, they're pop. Crisco's... You can go to Food City right now and there's... Tons of varieties of Crisco for baking and cooking, particularly like puff pastry. I think it's a popular, you know. They have adjusted their formula. It's probably less bad than it used to be, I will say. Because they, uh, once the, the research was like concrete against trans fats, all those restaurants that use trans fats had to back off on using them. But here's the, here's the bad thing. So it's not as bad. The good news is it's not as ugly as it used to be. It's not as full of trans fats. They've had to change what it's made of. It's like a mix now. I think it's a mixture of still cottonseed, maybe some soybean and canola in there. It's like a mixture. Um, it's partially hydrogenated. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's it's not total poop. It's just part poop. You know? <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> But here's the thing. that This is the tricky thing people need to understand when they're reading a nutrition label. They can say, but but it says no trans fat, and I might say the same thing. But I did some research into this. The rules about trans fat, if it has 0.5 grams or less, they don't have to say it has any. So like a nutrition label that says per serving zero grams of trans fat, there's still trans fat in there. It's just, under, it's just barely under that maximum, so they don't have to even say it's there, but it is there.
0: Ah. Trans fat in
1: any amount is bad for you. Interesting. It's a modified fat. It's not good for you. It has been the, – the studies conclude that is it's bad for inflammation. It's bad for uh, arteriosclerosis. It's just bad for you. It's inflammatory in the body. The body doesn't really know how to handle it very well. And so when you see these things that say partially hydrogenated and it says zero trans fat – chances are there's still probably trans fat in there just not a crazy amount it's not pure trans fat or and again it's also per serving right how many servings are in a jar of crisco i don't know a lot <laughs> a serving of a fat usually is pretty small like a serving of olive oil is like a tablespoon right And there's 15 grams of fat in that so you imagine a tablespoon of crisco how many tablespoons of crisco are in one of those big cans of it I, probably 50. I don't know. So at the end of the day, you eat that, you sit down, and not that anybody would probably want a spoonful Crisco into their mouth, you're getting trans fat. You may not think you are because it says zero, and usually zero times zero is zero. But when it's actually 0. 0.5, you're not getting zero. You're getting trans fat. And I hate that. That ticks me off. Why do they? They should have to say down to the millimole what's in there. I agree. And when it comes to things like that. No, I think there's exceptions there. But down, like if it's protein and it's negligible amount, I understand listing it as zero. Because it's a positive. It's a net positive, right? You're not going to be hurt by consuming more protein than you think. Right. Right. But when it comes to bad things like trans fat, we should know exactly how much is in there. And they don't tell you. So if it has hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oil in there, avoid it. It's not good for you. And sorry, coffee mate coffee mate powder creamer
0: oh yeah i've used it yeah it's delicious i
1: love i love the taste of it i don't know why it's it's like a it's like it's like smooths out your coffee just i'd rather use heavy whipping cream (laughs) i mean it tastes better than coffee mate but if i'm picking between the two i'm gonna pick saturated fat over uh trans fat interesting the nasty fake corn solids or whatever they use to make it it's just terrible so that's the ugly avoid them um, if you're going to make puff pastry and you're like, I need that, I need that Crisco. No, you do not. You can make delicious puff pastry using butter, <laughs> which is saturated fat. Okay. We're not here to talk about saturated fat. I'm just telling you. It's better than hydrogenated oil. Okay. Saturated fat. You can use, you can use beef tallow for puff pastry, which a lot of British recipes call for. Um, you ever watch the British baking show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul Hollywood uses butter, or he uses tallow. They'll use um, tallow sometimes to make like a mince pie crust, you know? So there are alternatives. Um, you do not have to use Crisco for your puff pastry, so you do not have to.
0: Guys, no Crisco. No okay, Crisco. If you didn't get anything from this
1: episode. Yeah. Unless the Crisco uh, – listen, hang on. I don't want to completely attack Crisco here. <laughs> if the company has a fat that they've produced that they can say is not – trans at all, or we're talking under that 0.5, maybe I'll move them up to the bad category. But unless it's made out of butter or coconut oil or something like that, I'm not moving them out of the They're, they're ugly right now. They're ugly. They're ugly. And there are other brands. Crisco's not the only one. I just, just it's the main one that we all think of when we think of. So any, anything oh, in that margar- category? Margarine is in that category. Margarine, margarine was the big thing. So margarine came out when they said, avoid saturated fat. It's terrible for you. It's killing everybody, which it's not. But- Margarine was the substitute, and margarine is pure like hydrogenated oil. Is, that, is this ugly? Oh, yeah. ugly. Margarine and Crisco are just ugly cousins. Okay. They're ugly cousins. They're just disgusting. <laughs> so I don't like them.
0: Well, guys, you heard it here. That's the ugly. Very we got ugly. Undone. Undone. We got dark and ugly.
1: <laughs> Look at my face. Look <laughs> at what it's Just talking about it, what it's doing to me.
0: Well, Lucas, thank you for diving in today, man. Yeah. That was awesome. Thanks. Guys, thank you for diving in, and as always, we will see you next time on Dive Into Diet. Don't
1: go away. Thanks, guys,
0: for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends, and if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.